Hi, I'm Kevin Harrington, an original shark from the hit television show Shark Tank, and you're listening to the Underdog Podcast. I've been too high up to fall, question marks, what's up with y'all? All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, 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 underdogs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of underdog today i have an amazing guest here with me which i love so so much matt andrews thank you so good to be here on the underdog podcast and pam great to see you and i love it i've been excited about this i told you i'm ready i'm ready to go oh yes your energy is so beautiful and i'm like literally the day that i met you via phone call i was like he is just such a special amazing human being can't wait to get to know him more and today is that day i mean don't get me wrong we've had conversations and all that stuff but today all about you and I cannot wait to get into your story. And I have a burning question for you, Matt. Okay. All right. Bring it. What inspired you on your journey to where you are today? Well, that's a big question. (laughs) (laughs) Loaded. I know. Yeah. You know, if I was just going to answer it in any kind of succinct way, like what brought me to where I am today, you know, what I'm doing today, it's collaboration, right? If I boiled it down to a single word, I love working with people, whether that means in partnerships or in creative efforts, in business or in life or whatever it is, I, I like and thrive being around other people. And, you know, I've learned that about myself. And I knew that about myself growing up. I liked being around other people. I wanted to be around a gang all the time, you know, and, and a gang that was doing cool stuff. So a lot of what I do in business, I think, is just kind of from that spirit of wanting to collaborate with other people, wanting to surround myself with cool people that that challenge me and push me and also people that have really different skill sets than me a lot of times too. And I really get fueled by being around those types of people and collaborating with them, finding ways to, to work with them, create something with them, plus something they're doing or have them come in and plus something that I'm working on. So, you know, I guess that's the short answer. Collaboration is what fuels me. That's what I love. And that's what's really driven my success, whether it's been real estate or in the, the masterminds, uh, mastermind world, consulting world, you know, some of the other things I get into now with crypto and some of these other niches. What really makes it work is not my knowledge in any of those niches. It's my knowledge of or my ability to work with people and find and create wins between people. So that's how you and I got to know each other, right? Was we started talking about how do we create wins for each other? So, so that's what it is for me. It's, it's collaboration. It's that piece. I love that, Matt. I love that. I know you are such a collaborator and like just such an awesome spirit and you're always up to like the most amazing things. So reeling it back a bit though, what did you want to be when you grew up? When I was little, I think I probably wanted to be in a rock and roll band. <laughs> I think it was probably my dream, right? Like I, I grew up listening to, like, actually I grew up, you know, I was born in 76. So I grew up in the eighties, right? I'm a child of the eighties. But I was listening to like 60s rock. I was listening to the Beatles and I was listening to the Stones and stuff. So, you know, I started playing guitar when I was little and uh, not not an amazing guitar player by any means, but I could bang out my Beatles songs and stuff. So when I was little, I think I was like, yeah, I want to be a rock star. That looks like a good job, right? I want to be on stage and be adored and, you know, sing songs that I've written and stuff. So that was probably it. Somewhere along the line that turned into, you know, being a business rock star, I guess. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny how it plays out, like what you want to be when you grew up in, and it actually magnifies as you get older. And so it's yeah. funny that that's exactly where you are. I was just going to say you're a business rock star, like you're on stages, you're still doing everything. You're like, right. Rock star. That's for sure. Yep. 
That's for it's sure. like our it's like our mutual friend Frank McKinney. You know, he just he became a rock star in the world of real estate and luxury real estate. You know, like that was something he wanted. So I think that's that's what's unique about you, and that's what I try to bring too. Is we bring our unique spirit, whatever it is, to the business or the project that we're working on, and and we're the consistent piece there. You know, so hey, if I want to be a rock star and it's not on stage with an actual band, but it's in business and it's with real estate and it's with consulting and all these other things I do, I can be a rock star that way, right? <laughs> And you totally, totally are. So walk me back to your childhood a little bit, Matt. So where did you grow up? Yeah, so I grew up in Florida, close to Tampa, but I grew up in Lutz, which when I grew up in Lutz, Florida, it was all orange groves and cow fields. And now it's all, you know, multi-million dollar homes. Somehow the, uh, all the orange groves are gone now in that area and uh, the city moved into it, but I grew up there. So it was kind of, kind of country-ish, you know, north of Tampa where I, where I grew up. My parents are entrepreneurs. My grandfather was a preacher. My great-grandfather was in the produce business. He sold produce and actually had mobile produce mobiles that would go around the city. So so I've got a multi-generational family that's from that area and all kind of entrepreneurs of sorts, whether it was uh, preaching and selling Jesus or selling produce. We've, you know, the Andrews family and my lineage is people that have created opportunities and sold things. So that's, Mm. I grew up in a, in a very supportive environment to try new things, to be an entrepreneur. I wasn't pushed to do one thing or another, but I was very supported in, you can do whatever you want to do, Matt, especially from, from my mom, especially you could do whatever you want. You can be whatever you want. It's your ticket. You write it. And I took that on from an early age. I thought, yeah, okay, I can, I, I believe you, mom, I can do whatever I want. And so I've always tried things from, from the youngest age, I've always been I guess maybe not afraid of failure. I kind of just look at it as, hey, let's see what happens here. Let's test this out, you know, and kind of had that spirit of not not being afraid to fail. And I think from an early age, my mom kind of instilling that confidence in me and saying, hey, try things and see what works and see what fits. And I'm kind of a natural salesman too. And I like having those conversations, you know? And so I think from the time I was young, I was always trying to even without selling something or, or there being a financial component, I was trying to sell something. I was trying to make somebody laugh. I was trying to get somebody to like me. I was trying to get, you know, my parents, friends, the other adults to, to notice me as a kid and think I was cool or smart or funny, whatever it was. I felt like I was trying to sell something, you know, trying to sell myself or communicate or bridge the gap between us. And so that's what felt good was the people, you know, always the people piece. And then that, that has led to lots of other opportunities in in business, but that's the consistent thing. So yeah, I grew up in Florida, went to college, uh, got a degree in psychology, thought I was going to be a family counselor and thought I was going to run a a practice in that that world. Ended up shifting into business, worked for a Fortune 500 company, was rookie of the year for this company and nationwide, you know, salesperson of the year, was given all, you know, company car, all this good stuff. And then they pulled the rug out from under me changed my division completely, shut down what I was doing, moved me to a different part of the company and said, start over. And then I said, I'm going to try real estate. <laughs> and so that was kind of my, my real quick path, you know, school for psychology into business, kind of something that's not that abnormal for people like you and I to get the rug yanked out from under us to realize we're not in control when we're employed, you know, not that there's anything wrong with employment, but I didn't have the control. It was gone one day, you know, my pipeline was was zeroed out. So that led me to real estate and then real estate opened me up to everything. So I really learned business through real estate. I learned through single family homes, what a profit and loss statement was and you know how to, how to balance the books. And not that I was ever good at that, the accounting side of it or have been, but 
that's how I learned business. And so I equate everything now, no matter what the business is or what I'm acquiring or what kind of partnership I'm setting it up or how I'm setting it up, it all kind of equates back to how you flip a single family house, right? Or how you wholesale a single family home. I, I see everything in those terms because that's how I understand business, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of the quick. And now 22 years, I've been flipping houses and we started an education company and a consulting company, uh, which has a publishing component too. And then I started running mastermind groups in the real estate space and then really found a sweet spot with the family, which is the mastermind that you're a part of, which is a group of real estate entrepreneurs that are really focused on serving the real estate investing community, training, teaching, and doing joint ventures within that world. So I put myself right in that sweet spot of collaborator, you know? And so that's, that's where I am today, but it's, you know, I've been all over the path when I was figuring out how to, how to start my real estate business. And I tried everything and have done everything under the sun to find my sweet spots. And I've just continued to add in little things as I've gone over the last 20 years and uh, the things that work have stuck and I've put them in as bedrocks of our business and the things that don't work or the things that I don't like, I figure out a way to phase them out or sell them off or stop doing them in some way, you know? And so today I focus on joint ventures more than anything else, some real estate, some other stuff, but that's the main thing I focus on is working with people like you, putting together good people in the, in the room and getting the conversation started so that we can win together. Amen. I love yeah. Thanks so much for sharing that. I mean, what's beautiful is the collaborator piece that you mentioned. And, and what I also love is that you were in the corporate world and then decided to step into the real estate game. Yeah. I always love those stories. So take I used to have a suit and tie on every day. You no, know me now, right? You know me now. Can you even see me in a suit and tie? No, no, <laughs> I had I hair like- and I had a suit and tie on every day. <laughs> oh, no. Too much maintenance, man. Too much maintenance when it comes to that. My goodness. So what led you in the real estate space? Those are always my favorite stories. Because like for yeah. me, mine mine went from restaurants to real estate. But mine was funny because like this was around like 2012, 2013 when like Flipper Flop and like all those shows became really you know, When they started becoming big. Yeah. And then, you know, I kept hearing about flipping and my uncle was flipping some stuff North Shore. And then that's when I got interested in it. And then, you know, the rest is history. So how did you walk walk into the real estate world? Yeah. So I got into it, you know, a little bit pre all the flipping shows, right? Like now there are networks that, you know, 24 hours a day, somebody's flipping a house on, on five different stations, right? Back then there really wasn't any of that, right? So I came into real estate in like 1999, 2000. So my outlet was like late night infomercials, right? Like that was, that was how I found out about real estate a little bit or how I got turned on to it. But the reason I was paying attention to it, that's, that's really the story, right? Of how I got into real estate. When I was young, I, I love basketball, right? And I, I'm 5'8", and you know, not the best basketball player, right? You're not picking me first on the team, right? But I love playing. I'm just a fan of the sport. When I was young, a friend of a friend was a coach for a community college close to Tampa. And I kind of got to be friends with this guy. He was the head coach of a small school. I got to watch a lot of practices. He would let me in the gym. I would watch practices. I thought this guy was, his name is Rob. I thought he was the coolest guy I'd ever met. He kind of let me in and let him, let me watch. I didn't bother anything. I watched the practices. He let me go on an away game with him one time, right on the bus. Like he was like my idol. Like I thought if I could be like Rob and be a, a basketball coach on any level, but especially for a, a college, I have made it. That's what I want to do. Right. And so I've always remembered Rob, always thought about Rob, got out of college, you know, moved back to Tampa, 
somebody mentioned him and, and I said, yeah, what's, is he still coaching? And they said, no, he, uh, he quit coaching and started flipping houses and makes millions of dollars now. And I'm like, he quit coaching basketball. Like, why would you ever quit? Co- That's the best job in the world. What could, what could be better than coaching <laughs> basketball? Like I couldn't imagine. Right. And uh, so I got, you know, funny story, got connected with Rob again. He showed me what he was doing. Really, I bugged him, found out what he was doing. I bugged him until he kind of showed me what he was doing. And I looked at a lot of the deals he was doing, you know, kind of a mixture of, we didn't call it wholesaling then, but wholesaling and rehabs. And he kind of, you know, cracked the door open for me, let me kind of see what he was doing. I essentially worked for him for free a little bit just to get the knowledge exchange, you know, and he agreed formally or informally, he kind of became my mentor, uh, kind of reluctantly, right? But he did it. And then, you know, not too long after, you know, fast forward a few years, we're doing a lot of deals together and he became a a great friend and a business partner. And to this day is, is somebody that I love and still talk to on a regular basis. And I helped his son set up their property management company. And I mean, there's all, all kinds of things that we've done together now, but that's how it started. I thought, man, if, if this basketball coach with the greatest job in the world stopped doing that to do this thing over here, maybe I should take a look at that. And so that was what really planted the seed. Then I see a Carlton Sheets thing at midnight or something, you know, on TV. And I bought that CD set. Then I bought a Ron Grand book. Then I bought a, a Robert Allen book, which are those, both those guys I mentioned are part of my mastermind, which is crazy. And that's, that's a whole other story, right? But bought that stuff and just started studying and then just Honestly, Pam, like I'm sure you did at the beginning of your businesses, I just stumbled my way through the first two or three deals. I mean, just stumbled, like clumsily stumbled through the rehab, through the acquisition, through the rehab. I just did everything wrong. And I know that's so cliche, but I really did everything wrong. I mean, I, that first one, I took a, what should have been a 25, 30 K profit. And I was lucky to come out of it with a 2K profit. That's what I came out of it with on the first deal I did. And I say I was lucky because I did so much wrong. I should have lost money. The universe should have taught me a lesson. And that it just smacked me for 5K or something like that, you know, but I actually made 2K and that gave me just enough belief that, okay, I clearly don't know what I'm doing on a lot of parts of this business, but I still made this transaction work. Let me do another one and try and make it better. And then let me do another one, try and make it a little bit better. And so I stumbled my way with just a little bit of education, but no real training and no real professional business pedigree in real estate. I got a few deals done and then I just figured out and started creating some systems. Then I started seeing some other people do things that I could emulate and I started partnering, but there was still not a lot of education at the time. So I started partnering with a lot of people to become a benefit to them, to find out how they were doing what they were doing. You know, so people that became great partners, I almost was like a junior partner to a lot of these guys because I, I would say, hey, look, I've got this part locked down or I've got this inventory over here. Let me come in and, and do what you're doing with the hedge funds over there and get in. And, and that's how I would learn what they were doing. So I, I hustled and, you know, figured out how to find deals and figured out how to negotiate with the, the sellers and figured out all that kind of stuff. And then partnered with a lot of people who knew the money partners or knew the funds or knew the big money, you know, whales, buyers, you know, that type of thing. And then would do a lot of deals like that. And then just learn little by little and would implement their strategies in my business. And, and that would make me an even better partner for them as I, as I leveled up. So, so that's really what got me into it. And I started flipping houses for the most part, just uh, one at a time, you know, bringing a, you know, originally just me and a few guys subs that I hired and me leading it uh, very quickly. Me then, you know, hiring professional crews to come in and do that stuff and figuring out how to 
then become the manager of the cruise, which you're very well versed in. And you know, how, you know how difficult that is, especially starting out in business, especially on the younger side, commanding that respect. And so a big learning curve for me there, working with guys that were 20 years older than me and, you know, had dealt with guys like me for years and I'm, I'm just getting going. And so I, I stumbled through a lot, but eventually learned my path through good partnership and through some selective education. If I started today, man, it's like, there's so much education. There's so much help. There's so many great sources uh, that didn't exist 22, 23 years ago when I started that in some ways it was good because I had to figure it out on my own. But in other ways, I'm, I'm jealous of people starting today because it's you can really pick a niche and say, I'm going to learn everything about this. And I can pretty quickly figure out who's the right person to follow in that niche. It wasn't that way back then. You had two or three guys. And they kind of taught you everything about real estate, all 8,000 strategies, you know, like Ronald Graham would teach you 800 ways to buy a house or whatever it was, you know, but it got you into the mode of getting deals done, making deals happen, solving problems and creating wins because, you know, getting deals done. And in my world of buying them from motivated sellers, if you can't present them with a win, you're not buying their house. Right. And if you can't get the numbers right and buy that right and help them win, you're not going to make any money either. Right. So it's, it really got me in the mode of sitting across from people at a table and bridging that gap and starting to believe after I'd done it again and again and again, man, there's nothing across this table that we can't figure out, that we can't come to some kind of, you know, very rarely, you know, once we got to that point where we were really at the negotiating table, did we not find some way to work together? you know, in, in some way, shape or form once I was there with them. And, and so I realized that, man, if I can create wins in that way, and then I can take that same mindset and create wins for my lenders that are helping me, you know, fund these deals or, or my buyers that are buying them over and over again as turnkey properties. And I just set everything up as wins for everybody I'm working with from the seller to the buyer, everybody in between. That's the deal, right? And that was the formula for me, as simple as it is. It's just like, let's sit down and let's make it work for me and for you. Let's figure it out fast. And then let's move on to the next one and do it again. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. There's so many things you mentioned throughout that journey. First off, I love that you took the mentorship on from a knowledge perspective. You're like, he, he didn't pay me, but you know, cause I think that a lot of people miss this because yeah. they think about the dollar signs mm -hmm. and it's like a very short term way of thinking. And you played the long game and the long game always wins, right? Like if you invest in that knowledge, that's going to be worth millions to you later down sure. the line. And some people like, you know, are so short-sighted when it comes to this. And anybody who's listening, that's thinking about trying something new, like find somebody that you really love and respect and want to learn about what it is that they do. Guaranteed, if you put yourself in front of that person and you say, I'm willing to learn in exchange for the information, hands down, people will help you. Yeah. If you can figure out how to be a benefit to somebody in a way that, you know, and lead with, here's how this helps you. Here's how I can help you. Or here's what we can do here. And you lead with that. Then you've got their attention. It's, it's when you go to people and you get this a lot because you've got your podcast and you're, I mean, you're a high profile influencer. People come to you with opportunities all the time. Right. And if it sounds like an opportunity, that's all about them. Your ear is completely, I mean, you turn off in a second, right? It's kind of like, hey, Pam, let me tell you what we could do together and how, how it would really help me. You know, it's kind of like, even though you're a really sweet person who wants to help people and you really are like that, Pam, you're still shutting your ears to that because it's all about them. And so it's really going into those situations, authentically leading with, you know, here is how I can 
help you or plus what you're doing, or here's how I can be a benefit to you. Not, hey, I want to learn everything from you. What can I do to get you to do that? Don't leave it up to them to figure it out. Look at their business and figure out, hey, if I could do this, would that be a help to you? Cool. I'm going to do that for you and jump in and do that. You know, if I could bring you some buyers like this, or if I could find some deals like this, or if I could put together some capital like this, or if I could get you access to funds like or whatever it is, if it's a benefit to them, jump in and do it right? And then you will learn. But if you present it as, hey, I really want to learn from you. Can I, is there something I can do? Then you leave it to like me and Pam to figure out, well, is there something this person can do? Well, now I've got a job of figuring out what this person to give them a chance to learn from me. It's a weird thing. So you've got to make it easy and you've got to lead with that benefit and be clear that, hey, I'm going in and I'm going to bring this benefit to you if this helps you, regardless of where this goes, because I'm leading with my best foot forward and I'm leading with what's going to help you. And I'm investing in the relationship versus trying to get something from you, you know? And and I think that's really the key, right? And you said long-term, you said the long view, you mentioned that before, that's relationship building, right? And so that's what it was with that first, you know, my first mentor, the basketball coach turned house flipper, you know, like for me, it was really about investing in that relationship and serving him in a way that it built the relationship was an immediate benefit to him in a way that then allowed that to happen over and over again a year, two years, three years, fast forward 22 years, he's still a friend and a business partner. And like I said, I, you know, work with his son on projects and stuff. So, you know, really, really cool, but it's because you, you led with that relationships. So I think what you said there about long-term is key. It's absolutely key because the long view is always going to be what's the highest and best use of this relationship. How can we help the most people with this relationship how can we serve our communities most effectively or, or make the most money or create the most opportunity with this relationship? Not what can I get in the next two weeks out of this relationship? What can I sell to this person? It's just a different view, right? And people pick up on that so fast and one can make you money for a little while and then be over and, and that's transactional relationships, right? And then there's real relationships that you've put time and energy and uh, resources into to build that can then create opportunities over and over again. But, but we definitely live in a transactional society. People drop off. There are a lot of people that know how to make money, you know, and how to create a one-time kind of like cash influx, but not a lot of people who know how to create relationships that can refresh opportunity and that actually grow with time, you know, like age, like a fine wine, as far as opportunity goes. Right. So. (laughs) Right. Well, you mentioned something super important because the reason why I picked up on that is because that's the authentic selling, right? Not authentic Mm -hmm. selling, but like, that's like authentic business. I want to call it like that's authentic business relationships. Cause there's something really key about you, Matt, that not a lot of people have like very, very few. Right. And the reason why you've been so hyper successful in doing what you do is because of that value that you add in your authenticity. Like, I guarantee you, everyone in the room, like in Family Mastermind, like everyone would say, like, point at Matt, like, he's the leader, he's authentic. Like, there's no other group that's like this that is so, like, not ego centered and not egocentric. Because, I mean, listen, we're in real estate. This is a, <laughs> you know, what kind of industry this, this can be, right? With right. like yeah. the egos and just the cutthroatness of it all, yeah. even on it, like that whole thing. And to be in a room sure. like that is a whole nother, you know, it's really refreshing because of the authenticity. I mean, like you were saying, like you used to buy Bob Allen's books and Ron LeGrand. And meanwhile, look, like now they're <laughs> in your room. I know. Yeah. Like what? And it's like, I know that's crazy, right? (laughs) It's it's insane. 
scene where it's like your icons become your friends or you become just like them. It's the coolest thing in the world. So for me, you know, I, I would love a little bit more insight on your authenticity and business. Cause I don't know, that's what I call it for you, but yeah. I'm sure you have some strategies and stuff like behind it of, of how you took it to the next level and, and built what you've built through that. You touched on it a little bit. I definitely want to get into that. And then I want to get into like your personal mindset. Cause mm-hmm. I know that that plays a lot in your success. Yeah. Well, you asked So you asked about like authenticity and business. Right. And I think, you know, for me, and you and I have talked about this before, and you know some about this. My wife and I, and a lot of my business partners and I are, are deeply involved in charities around the world. And that's something that's been a, a really big piece for us. So that's just one example of we have been able to pull with various businesses, mostly in real estate. We've been able to pull kind of charitable initiatives into our real estate world and offer opportunities to our real estate people, our communities that they maybe wouldn't have otherwise to give, to be a part of some charitable giving, to be a part of building something, creating something sustainable, really to be a part of helping somebody else so they wouldn't have the opportunity otherwise to help, you know? And so I think that's one thing that is big for for me in my life personally. And so that's authentically something I love to do. It's something that fulfills me. It's something that makes me feel good. It's something that brings me and my wife closer together. So sharing that part of my life and using business as a conduit to do more of that, I think is, a, is an example of what you're talking about, using authenticity in business and, and to grow, right? And I can talk tactics and strategies and I can say, you know, hey, for every six or seven wholesale deals I did, I kept one and that was my free and clear strategy. You know, like, I mean, I've got, I've got little like tactics and tricks I could say, but that's, it's really that piece. It's that first thing I said, you know, that's the thing that the overarching thing that makes it work. It's not the tactic, it's that mindset. And then also the other piece is I try to stay constantly, not jumping to something new, but taking what I'm doing and shrinking the mental bandwidth that it takes from me to maintain and accomplish that and keep that going while being able to now direct that bandwidth to new opportunities or new relationships or new people, right? So much so that a lot of my day is designed to get a lot of my core stuff done very early in the morning so that a lot of the rest of my day, if I get certain other things done, that's great. But if I go off on a wild tangent because I met Pam Barty and we ended up talking for two hours when we were, when we were going to talk for 15 minutes, I can do that, right? Because I, right. I plan not, no, I can't do that all the time. I can't talk to everybody for two hours all the time, but I plan to have some of that time, right? And so- a lot of it is very purposefully, you know, getting those core tasks done so that I've got enough bandwidth and ability and just kind of freedom of mind, if that makes sense, you know, feeling like I can take a look at these other opportunities, take advantage of these other, what these other relationships present because I've got things taken care of over here and I've systemized things, or I've, in my case, delegated a lot to other people that are way better at it than I am so that I can be open to possibilities. And I think that's what kills a lot of business owners and why a lot of people stop growing is they're working in the business so much. They can't be open to other possibilities. It's almost like, oh my gosh, taking on something else is like, uh, and we've been there. We've all been there, right? You've been there. I've been there. Where it's like, if I took on one more thing right now, I'd go crazy, right? Like for me, who needs creative input and needs to keep things fresh, that's where I die is if I sat in the same cubicle doing the same thing forever. And it was just like, I just kept doing it. If I couldn't, you know, refresh or bring new elements in or bring new people in, bring new niches in, you know, lately it's been, you know, raising, uh, you know, creating capital funds. That's new for me over the last few years. And, and now crypto is like, you know, like I'm not an expert at all, but I have some great things going in that world, right? Because I had the bandwidth 
and the time to make some relationships that opened me up to those opportunities. A few years ago, I was too busy in my business. I didn't have the bandwidth. I couldn't, you know, the opportunities would just fly by me and I'd have to let them fly by because I didn't, I couldn't pay attention to them. And I think for people like you and I that are, you know, chronic entrepreneurs, right. And can take advantage of these opportunities. The worst thing for us is to not, you know, we don't need to take every opportunity, but I think the worst thing for us is having to close off from opportunity, from the possibility of it. Cause that's what like gets us up in the morning. Like what's going to happen today? What's going to happen? <laughs> Let me tell you, Matt. So I was in Tampa though. Like, yeah. I'm sure you probably saw the photos. So when I you said like jumping on every opportunity, that was like fun. Yeah. you're probably laughing your ass off and watching us like dress up as grannies. So what we did was we went on those pedal bars. Those have like 12 seats in them. And then there's like a bar in the middle, but like all you do is pedal and they take you through like a one mile radius. And like, you have to pedal, like there's no motor. So there's no gas, no electric. It's BYOB. It's all these things. Right. And I'm like studying it. And I'm like, you know, this is, we're going for a bachelorette. Right. And the whole time, everyone's like drinking, having a good time. We're dressed up like old ladies, like having a ball. And yeah. all I could think about was like, they're charging $500 an hour for two hours, two fifty an hour. Then, then I'm thinking about their overhead and all these things. They're putting business like, models together. Yeah. And, and like, everyone's absolutely smacked. And here I am like talking to the guy. I like, do you guys have franchises available? <laughs> Like when, you say, when you say chronic entrepreneur, it's like my mind is always, always moving in those directions. So like you said, like you need that room for that creativity. And that's like, yeah. how do I take advantage of this opportunity? This looks like so much fun, like adding an experience here or doing that, you know, because that's the yeah. thing is like most people will look at you now, Matt, and be like, how the hell did he go from building houses to like legit a whole entire empire? which is yeah. what you've got. And your key to that is those relationships and how you've been building them is, really is. incredible. hundred percent. There's no way that I wouldn't do 90% of what I do if it wasn't for relationships, partnerships, you know, for, and that includes like my wife who has been my business partner in, in our, you know, traditional real estate business for, for years and years. And who, when she came aboard, our business quadrupled in like a year too. She's like a machine. Right. And from her to all different things that I'm doing now, like if I didn't have partners that had that expertise or had unique abilities that were different than mine, I wouldn't do a lot of this stuff. So yeah, it is, you know, so I, I don't know if I'd call it an empire. I, I like that. I like you calling it an empire, but whatever it is from flipping a few houses 22 years ago to doing what I do now, I feel, you know, there's been some progress made there. And that progress has been made, especially in business through those relationships and through the partnerships. So I've found what is true for me is that I'm at my best. And this is true in, in real estate and flipping houses and running mastermind groups and buying and acquiring businesses and selling businesses, whatever it is. Yeah. I'm at my best when I'm helping other people be their best. Right. So when I meet somebody like you and I see all these cool things you have going on with the construction business and your, you know, your real estate background, but then the podcast and all these other, you know, the, the coaching business and your publishing and all, all of the stuff that you have going on, I just see amazing opportunity for interface, you know, and, and amazing opportunity of, man, I, you know, Pam, oh, I got to introduce Pam to so-and-so because that person is just what she's looking. She, Pam was about to spend a million dollars creating this. I got to introduce like Roddy, boom. Right. You know, yeah. like, there's an introduction, boom, instant partnership. Right. Yeah. I get excited about that kind of stuff. And all the time I'm as excited about stuff that has nothing to do with me as the stuff that does. Right. But what I find is, is that if I have that spirit and I stay excited about just making those connections, connecting those dots, putting deals together, whether I'm the you know principal in the deal and I'm signing on the dotted line or whether I made an introduction and then I was out, whatever it was, 
I feel really good about that. I feel great about that connection. And I feel like that created something that wouldn't have been there before. And I feel like in some way that I'm a conduit to those things happening. So the better I get at that, the better I get at helping others be their best. That's when I'm at my best. That's when I have the energy, that entrepreneurial energy that I think you and I are similar in that way. We feed off each other. And that's why I think we like each other because we feel that energy, right? And we feed off each other and we amp each other up even a little bit more, which is super cool. I love that. Yes. <laughs> no, it's, it's so amazing. It's absolutely incredible because it's like so much collaboration and so much that has happened in those relationships. But the thing is like, you know, the universe has these really cool laws, like reciprocity, yeah. for example, right? And Karma. So when you're doing good things for other people and you're constantly pouring out, guess what? Some way, somehow that gets poured back to you. Right. And yeah. also when you give, it's a law of reciprocity that like somebody wants to help you back. Right. And you're not doing it for that reason, but it's just how the universe works. Right. Like you, you're a giver, you'll get back in different ways. Like it's just a whole nother world. And I just, I love that. I love that. And, and so Matt, for you, like what has been your personal mindset throughout it all? Like, how have you sustained? Because I know the mindset has really is really what took you to the next level. Yeah. You know, I think early on in business, I think it was, I was driven. Certainly we're all driven somewhat by money and accumulation. Like we want that security, right? So I was definitely driven to get into real estate because I saw that there was opportunity there for freedom, you know, for financial freedom. So I was driven in that way. I was driven to do something that made a difference, that helped people in some way. I think that's why I did, you know, why I majored in psychology, why I thought I was going to be a family counselor. And I, and I did work all through college and, and um, you know, I worked with autistic children and I implemented behavior training programs and it, it was something I really loved. I felt like I was making a big difference. So, you know, I wanted to go into business, but also wanted to make a difference. I found real estate and found that I was solving problems and the way I did business, at least, especially when I was doing a high volume and sitting across with motivated sellers a lot you know, I was creating those wins and people always, you know, shook my hand and thanked me at the end of the transaction because we solved a problem, you know? So, so I think real estate, I liked the element of making the money and, and creating a business and, you know, accumulating rentals and building a portfolio and building security for, you know, the family that I would one day build. But I think the other piece of it was a sincere desire to feel like I was helping somebody doing something big or small, whether it was somebody that had to sell a house because, man, that thing had a bunch of tax liens on it and it had to go or whatever it was to, you know, counseling families and working with autistic children, whatever it was, I wanted to do something to help people. And now building through real estate, I've just been able to, to kind of expand that out and do that on a larger level. So, so I think it was financially driven a little bit in the beginning. I think it was driven to, to help people. Now, and you know, I've got an eight-year-old daughter and a four-year-old son. A lot of my motivation now is they're watching me. That's a lot of my motivation yeah. now. And it really is. And it's a great motivation for me. It's a very positive motivation for me that, wow, these two are learning everything they're learning about fatherhood and what a man is supposed to be. You know, they're seeing me run businesses. So what they're learning about business right now, they're learning basically from me, you know? And so, so now it's taken on a whole other thing over the last eight years. My daughter is so smart. She asks questions about business and gets all kinds of things that, I, you know, that I didn't think, you know, things that I don't think she gets and she gets them. And it's just, I, I find out new things like that every day driving to school. You know, she came up with something. I'm just like, I didn't, I didn't know you got that. I didn't know you understood that, you know? And, and so I think now the motivation is a lot to continue to help people I uh, certainly continue to create that financial freedom to help other people create that financial freedom to have the collaboration, but it's also so that my, my kids can see 
you know, what's important and what I think is important. And I want them to see how they can help people. It doesn't have to be the same way as I do, but I want them to see me spending time on things that help people. That's a focus for me. And they see that with my wife a ton too, because my wife, you know, she works in our business some, but she, she is just a champion and helps so many people in so many ways that people will never know about stuff that, you know, that she'll never draw attention to. Right. And my kids, are the ones that see that though, you know, they're the ones that see the, the blessing bags for the, for every homeless person on the street corner. They're the ones that, you know, go with my wife when she goes to visit people in the hospital and, you know, just all those things that they're learning from. So that's a lot of my motivation now is I want, I want them to learn the right things. I want them to see the right things and business gives us the ability, uh, success in business and financial freedom gives us the ability to help more people. So this will kind of sum up my focus. And I think you'll get this and like this, right? Because I ask my kids this all the time. It's really, really simple. Two questions and a response back from them, right? So a question, response, question, response. So I ask them, you know, why do we work? They can both answer me to make money, to create income. And then I say, and why do we want to make money and create income? And they say, to help people. So I want them to know, because every day I drop them off at school, I'm going to work, right? And I want them to know why I'm going to work. Why do I go to work? Well, to make money. Why do we want to make money? to help people. Because if we're not free ourselves, if we're not, if we don't have stability, we can't help anybody else with our money, with our time, with anything else. Right. So that's the lesson I want them to learn. And that's a, that's a big driving force for me. So to that end, a lot of it is creating more collaborations and doing it in a way that allows me to offer more opportunities and bring more opportunities to serve into that mix. And, and you know about some of that stuff, like our Haiti project, that that's part of our, you know, part of our mastermind and a lot of the other things we do it's taking those things and using the platforms we have to take advantage and, and to plus those opportunities. And I want my kids to see it. I want them to do their version of that because they saw me doing it. Amen. I love that. I love, oh, cause there's so many feelings I have about business, right? Ever since I was a young kid, I was like, I want to be super successful and rich in business to say mm-hmm. this. My dad tells me this all the time. And he's like, Pam, well, why do you want to do that? I said, because I want to do more good for the world. Cause when you have money, power and respect, that's what you can, that's what you can do. Yeah. Right. And use it for good. And so it's amazing. Oh my God. I love it. I could get into a whole whirlwind with all of that. That's for sure. (laughs) I love it. And that's the truth. Right. And, And that's the rebuttal to anybody that's like, oh, you know, like, you're always, you know, building businesses and, and, you know, how much money do you actually need? Well, it's how many people do you want to help? And I do think you should not accumulate just to accumulate, like adding zeros, that's vanity at some point, right? You know, like if you, do, if you don't need the money and you can't put it to use and it's just, but you can't stop accumulating because that's your drive or whatever, well, then you're lost in a different way, right? But usually my answer to that question is, is, you know, well, how much is too much or how much is enough or whatever? What's well, it's how many people do you want to help and what capacity do you want to be able to help them? How much time and how much money do you need to do that? You know, how are you helping people now? If you had a hundred times more money, could you help a hundred times more people? Why wouldn't you want to do that? You know, so it's that's what I think when people ask those questions. And when I think, why do I keep going? It's kind of like, well, why not? If what I'm doing is doing some measure of good, even if it's just a little bit, if I do some more and do it in an effective way that serves other parts of my life shouldn't I do more? You know, like, why wouldn't I? percent. <laughs> oh man. I adore you, man. Now this is one of my favorite questions. Okay. Okay. Which is what would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now in business, personal, whatever. Yeah. I know it right off. Don't be afraid to look stupid mm. and, you know, fail fast, look stupid fast realize that you not knowing the answer, you know, is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign that you don't know that answer. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then once you tell somebody you don't know it and they tell you what it is, then you know it and you don't ever have to say you don't know it again, right? So if it's an ego thing, it's a one-time thing. It's a one-time ego hit, right? But I think that's what I would tell myself is, you know, I failed, but I, I held myself back from quicker progress. And a lot of that was on that first deal that I should have made 25K on and made 2K on. But on a lot of my early real estate career, especially, and in other parts of my life too, in relationships, that was the thing was being afraid to ask questions, to expose what I didn't know, to look stupid at a title company because I didn't, you know, it was my second transaction and I didn't know what that fee was. So I just acted like, okay, I guess I'll just pay that $200. And like, and then like, you know, by the time you've done your hundredth deal, you know, you never pay that stupid fee, right? Everyone knows that or whatever it is. Right. But I was afraid. And that's just a little example, but I was afraid to ask those questions. I was afraid to look stupid uh, in front of other people. And I definitely held myself back in that way. I was also kind of afraid to take advice from other people too, because of the exposure that, if, oh man, if I ask a person this question, or if I you know get close to this person, they're going to realize I really don't know what I'm doing on this thing or this transaction or this deal or whatever it is. Right. And I still have a little bit of that to this day. I've been in business 22 years and people would say I'm reasonably successful. I still feel that sometimes like, oh man, this person's going to know. I don't know what I'm talking about. You know, Then I realized the tremendous amount of power that I gained. And I started saying it almost verbatim like this, when there were closings and I didn't understand something or a realtor was telling me something, I didn't get it, or there was a title issue or whatever it was, some technical legal issue on a property, I'd say, you know what? I didn't understand that at all. Can you explain it again and pretend like I'm a third grader this time? And I would ask that question that way. So it was almost comically funny how much I don't understand what you just said. It's funny how much I don't understand. And that making it like that showed a confidence that I had in myself. I was so confident in myself I was confident enough to say, I have no idea what you're talking about. Would you explain that to me again? Like I'm a dummy and use smaller words and talk slow, you know, like, so I got good eventually. And that's when my business reflected that, you know, a few years into the business, I'm like, look, I'm over looking dumb. I want to know the answers to the questions. I need to know the answers to the questions. I need to know fast. I need to know the right thing to do. And if that means I look stupid for five minutes. I look stupid for five minutes. Right. So I think if I went back, I'd tell my younger self, look stupid faster and more often. <laughs> I love that. Oh, my yeah. I love that. And now Put that on a t-shirt, right? Look stupid faster and more often. Let's do it. Oh my goodness. And so Matt, like what's up in your world now in the next six to 12 months, you've got so much amazingness happening. So what's going on in your world? Yeah. So, I mean, we got a lot of cool projects going on. You and I have talked about a lot of them, right? So obviously family mastermind is, is ground zero for a lot of my opportunities and a lot of the collaboration that I'm a part of in the real estate world. So family mastermind is always kind of first and foremost on, on my list of spending time creating more assets there, creating more collaborations with my members, you know, like you and our, and our other friends in the group. So that's a big piece. But I have recently moved into the crypto spaces with a couple of different crypto companies. And we just did our first test. I'm not the face of any of this stuff. You won't, if you uh, Google Matt Andrews and crypto, you won't see anything, right? But these are companies that I own pieces of and, and have helped start or have acquired and then mixed with some other partners. So the crypto world, we've got two different programs coming out in that world, which are going to uh, feed into a crypto fund that we're creating, which I think is going to be really, really cool. And then got into this world of NFTs. And man, I can barely even tell you what I'm doing. I just know that it's some really cool stuff with some amazing partners. A lot of this stuff, especially on the tech side, it's a partnership play. A lot of times it's like, hey, I don't completely understand this NFT thing, but if you've got this guy from 
you know, that if you've got the marketing director of Coca-Cola and you've got this person from the NBA and you've got this guy here and I've got, and we got you, who's got the track record of doing this kind of stuff for five years. Yeah, I'm in, I'll bring whatever I can bring to the table in terms of capital influence, that type of thing. So that's how I get into a lot of this stuff. So crypto NFTs, not my expertise, but we got really cool stuff going in those worlds. Right. And then a lot of capital funds too. So around crypto, but also around real estate and around real estate data and around real estate software. So one of the things that I'm doing and have done more of the last you know, year or two years, but it will do a lot more of the next you know, probably five years is acquiring small software companies that perform some kind of function like a CRM or they generate leads for real estate investors or you know, they do something specific for a a practicing blue collar real estate investor and taking assets like that and pooling them together to create, you know, larger enterprise level softwares that we can then turn around and sell to, to partners or batch with other companies that we have. So a lot of what I'm doing is working on building ecospheres in the world of, you know, real estate investing, tech, software, but properties and, and capital funds as well. So instead of building a real estate portfolio, it's just a portfolio of you know, companies that play well together and have good synergy. And my sweet spot is to be a minority, you know, position, you know, in most of those companies so I can be an advisor role. And so, you know, 10 to 20% is kind of my sweet spot. And if I can be advising on companies and take on new ones that already have a great synergy and working with other ones that I own pieces of, that's really the play. And that's the fun part for me. Cause it's like, when something new comes in, it's like, okay, this company's fantastic alone. It makes money and it's a fantastic enterprise but the way it plays with these other four companies I own and what they could do together as partners or rolled up as one company together, that's huge, you know? And that's the kind of stuff that I, that I love putting together because that brings me closer with my partners. It makes a ton of money and it's, it's just another world to be playing in. It's kind of like buying the block, you know, like I, you know, I used to try and buy as many as I could on one street. So you could really bring a street up right now. It's like trying to buy as many companies as I can in one little niche or one, you know, one key area so that you can bring up that entire value and, and use it or sell it, or, you know, just have more opportunities. So, so that's, what's going on in my world. Lots of, lots of stuff like that. And then of course we've always got, you know, we're managing our, our rentals. And so I'm always checking in with my property managers and I still do, you know, some funding of some deals and I'll every once in a while, you know, jump in and, and do a rehab here and there when it's uh, when it falls in my lap and a friend wants to do one with me. So I do that kind of stuff too, but it's mostly uh, the funds and putting together some of those joint ventures on the software and, and tech side, which when I started 22 years ago, Pam, flipping houses, unclogging toilets and, you know, like, you know, walking through water uh, that was, uh, you know, underneath the carpet pad and stuff like that. <laughs> I did not, I did not think I would be buying and rolling up software companies one day, you know? And so it's amazing how similar they are though. And that's maybe my, one of my biggest lessons, you know, that I could say, you know, and in part to anybody watching right now is, you know, flipping that first house. And what I learned there is not that different than flipping a company or rolling up a company like I'm doing today. The principles are the same, what makes it work or what makes it fail. Very, very similar, you know? And so I have just continued to probably do the same thing over and over again in some way, just broaden it out, broaden the scope, broaden the niche little by little. And that's what keeps it fresh. And that's what keeps it exciting. <laughs> amazing, Matt. You're so amazing. Oh my goodness. I could talk to you all day, honest to God, but now you got to let Let's everyone. I got three more hours. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Now you've got to let everyone know where to find you and your awesomeness, Matt. Where can everybody find you? Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah. You know, I told you before, 
I don't have anything for sale. I don't generally, you know, but I like conversations with people that have great projects going, right? So, so here's what I'll do. Just um, you, if you go to mattandrews.com, that'll redirect you right to my Facebook page. Shoot me a, you know, a friend request, shoot me a message. Let me know what you're working on. You know, if you're in real estate, if you're, you know, developing real estate, if you're putting capital funds together, if you're on the tech side, if you're a developer, if you're in the crypto space, you know, talk to me, let me know what you have. Drop me a link about what you're working on and let's start a conversation, you know, and, and I may not be able to, to get directly back to every single person, but I love to have good incoming relationships like that. So I can say, oh man, that might be something that that I could help with or that I should put them in touch with this person about. And that's how these things happen, right? Pam introduces me to you. We talk a little bit on Facebook or wherever it is, right? And then we have a conversation and it maybe goes to the next level. So so that's how you can get me. Go to mattandrews.com. I think that forwards right to my Facebook. If not, you can just go to Facebook and find me, Matt Andrews. Look for this bald head and look for a really cute uh, eight-year-old girl and a four-year-old boy and a beautiful wife. And that's me. You're so amazing, Matt. Thank you so much for being here today. It was a true honor. You are incredible, my friend. Uh, you're the sweetest. You, you make me feel awesome. I love being around you. Your energy is contagious. And we were just together a few weeks ago, but even on like Zoom, there's not many people that I feel the energy on Zoom, right? And, uh, and I feel it. So I love you and I love the energy you bring and appreciate everything you do for, for me and for all of our community. I echo the same exact thing for you, my friend. Your energy radiates no matter what. And like, I just adore you, love you, everything that you're up to. Thank you so much for being here today. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Catch us next week, always dropping on Thursdays. And remember, if you're interested in real estate or want to learn how to create more money and magic in your life, check out meetwithpamela.com and let's chat. Sending you so, so much love. All we know is over time, working like some underdogs. <laughs>